Cast episode 440 for the week of September 23rd, 2017. Chris Privetier, your host here with Anna Marie Privetier. Good morning. Alex Fuller. Hey. Um, Alice Wilkinson. I'm still here. Um, Jonathan Stringer. Hello. Uh, and Kelly Ryan. Good morning. Good morning. Turned up our headphones really loud. Chris. I know. I'm fixing it. Thanks. <laughs> ah, real time audio feedback. That's like what I what I want to hear. You can give us real feedback during the show and complain about how poor of a job I'm doing by going to Twitch.tv/RPGamer when we stream live at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, every Saturday. Yay! Wow, even Simon chimed in on that one. Okay. Uh, we've got a lot of games. People have been playing stuff. Uh, Kelly's going to go first. Kelly, tell me about yes. Samus's return to Metroid's Lane. Well, well, first off, that game uh, practically broke my wrist when I tried to beat it um, Thursday night. Oh, yeah. The, How's that work? The uh, 3DS isn't really conducive to very intense platforming and boss fights. Uh, I'll say that right now. I find it to be a not very ergonomic platform. No, it, it's really not. I, I made the mistake of buying Shovel Knight on that system and ah. ended up regretting that purchasing decision. Have, do you have one of those little grips? No, I don't. I got one that clamps onto the back of it and it's, a, it's awesome. Ooh, don't you, you have yeah, one I mean, as well, Chris? I have one. I don't know if it's the same one. Okay. I mean, I don't really play Let's that many it. platforming games on it too often, but I might look into a grip just for a more comforting yeah. playing experience. Well, even not platform, just RPGs, it's just easier to for me to hold. It feels more like a controller. Then. But I, I do got to say, if, if it weren't for Sonic Mania, this would probably be my non-RPG of the year. Sonic Mania only slightly ekes it out, just because I'm a bigger Sonic fan than a Metroid fan. But man, I couldn't put this game down. That's why I managed to end up end up beating it in less than a week. And I, I also got to say, um, knowing what happens to that baby Metroid in the next game makes this game very painful. Doesn't it though? It's so sad. <laughs> yes. Because so, at the end of the game, you let it, he follows you around and you You're can like, use him to open up different passages. That's like, oh, hey, little, hey, little man. You're my little bunny. Oh, God, he's going to die in the next game. Spoilers. Isn't it a she? Spoilers. And it's a Metroid. Do they even have a sex? Mother brain. Mother brain's not a Metroid. Oh, wait, she's not? No. Oh. See, I I thought that they kind of worked like ants because of the Queen Metroid. I don't know about the, the Queen Metroid. You tell me. Well, I mean, the second to last boss in Samus Returns is a Metroid Queen. So, I don't know. But yeah, uh, this was a really good game. Um, I, I didn't play AM2R, so I don't know how it compares to AM2R. Um, I assume it's quite different. Yeah. 
yeah, but I, I really enjoyed this game, and I hope more people purchase it, because supposedly uh, the future of 2D Metroid depends on whether or not this game does well. But, yes, if you have a 3DS and you like Metroid, I highly recommend Samus so Returns, because... Is it not too action-y for your Metroid? Too fighty No, gamey? I mean... No? I I enjoyed the action and the counterattack system and stuff like that. Are people complaining about that? No, it's just different. I hear different there's no more exploration in Metroid. Uh, Confirmed and I. There is no exploration Dude. in Metroid. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, old reference. Um, okay. <laughs> Very old reference, like ten years old reference. So, did you know we've had our ten year anniversary and we didn't notice? Yeah, like two years ago no like a couple weeks ago oh seriously yes oh my god we started in 2007 i thought we started in 2005 oh no oh seven. Oh wow yeah you talking about the show or the marriage the rp the show <laughs> the show we have not been married for 10 years um although we're coming up on what five yep yep it's not That's terrifying i think you got married at the same time that i did uh, what was it, June 2012? No, June 2013. Yeah, because that was the E3 that I missed. Yeah, because I got married in October 2013. I had a harvest cake. Yeah, I remember hearing your uh, wedding stuff on the show and being like, oh man, I need to use that idea, but <laughs> we never did. Yeah, that's how wedding plans go. Pretty much. But yeah, I finished my Samus Returns, and before picking uh, Monster Hunter Stories back up again, I fired up the Etrian Odyssey 5 demo. It's, uh, and yeah. I mean, it's pretty standard Etrian Odyssey. Uh, you got to map the first Florida thing to continue on. Um, this one feels like a lot different. I mean, as far as character builds go, it feels very different because instead of picking your classes and stuff like that, you have different class race combinations. And your race, what race you pick, kind of determines your passive skills in that game. And usually, my MO for Etrian Odyssey games is to specialize in in survival skills that kind of help get me through the dungeon you know stuff like um hp and mp restoring skills and then we're focusing on combat later and this time around it doesn't seem like there's a lot of those talents on the characters or like a lot of those talents unlock at different levels like at level five and ten and I don't know. The, the first dungeon has been, or the first floor of the dungeon has been kind of kicking my butt because of it. I don't hmm. know how familiar you guys are with Etrian Odyssey. Anna is my Etrian Odyssey expert. Yeah. And I bet she didn't listen to a thing you said. Um, I was posting about the podcast going live. Yeah. Oh. The podcast. I mean, I'm I'm help. still she no. Needs... I mean, I'm still gonna buy Etrian Odyssey Five Day One just because it's probably one wait, of my favorite. So you played? Oh wait, right. That's Anna that doesn't want to play the demo. So Anna doesn't like to play Etrian Odyssey demos because of the level cap. And she's like, 
I would have made so much more progress with my characters doing this section of the game on the original well, game. Well, no, I do know that I make more progress because the last two demos that I played, so I played both the Untold 1 and the Untold 2 demo. And the dilemma that I ended up having was like, I carried over the data so that I had the extra items or whatever. And then I just restarted the game because I'm like, I left so much experience on the table that I... Uh, yeah. See, my goal was to kind of play the demo to get the character creation stuff out of the way so that when I get the game proper, I can just kind of go right into it. I like I that mean, strategy. Far, that seems good. As far as I, yeah, as far as I was aware, it was the, the save file carried over, and you just got some extra items. Yes, but that that's was... the problem. Is is I've done all of this, so you do this stuff, but you're doing all this stuff, and you get to level ten, and you're still doing stuff, and you could have really gotten to like level fifteen. Mm. Does that make sense when I explain it that way? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, and that, that makes sense. I don't know why, but that drives me bananas. Do you have to finish, quote unquote, finish the demo for the save file to carry over? Or does it just start I where you left so. off? So, I don't know. I don't know. I think in the Untold 2 demo, um, as you finished various things and unlocked various bonuses. Oh. I think what I might end up doing is just kind of stop because I, I wanted to get on to um, Monster Hunter stories anyway. So I think I'm just going to stop where I'm at and see if that carries over. And if it does, then my plan worked. And if not, then I'll probably never do an Etrian Odyssey demo again. Because you're right. The, you kind of got to fight for every single scrap of experience you get in those first 10 levels. Yes. I mean, I, I wanted to check out the game anyway, and just because I've been itching for a new EO game for quite some time, and that one doesn't come out until next month. So. And then the last thing that I played was just a little bit more Yeez 8. I didn't get very far in it because I ended up uh, spending the rest of the oh. week trying to finish Samus Returns. But your but... ease duties... You're failing as an Ease fangirl. I know. Oh. I know. I, I really want to try and get that game finished before the end of October because I have something I've got to play for Backtrack. And I also wanted to start Final Fantasy XII Zodiac Age Ooh. in October. But that's pretty much all that's I've it. been playing. That's what, uh, yeah. That's a now plane. Yes. Alrighty. Let us see. Uh, Anna wants to go last. Let's see. Alice, what have you been playing? Oh, which one of my two do you want to hear about first? Uh, I don't care. <laughs> oh, come on. Stellaris. Tell me about the robots. Stellaris. Robots. Robots. Are they in robots. disguise? <laughs> well, actually, no, they're not. Oh. I feel points, chipped. Really. Um, so, Stella uh, Synthetic Dawn came out on Thursday. I think it was Thursday. Yeah, Thursday afternoon. Um, what that does is extends the um, hive mind gameplay to uh, machine empires. 
Ah, okay. So there are, there are sort of four... Yeah, so there are four different ways you can play um, play a, uh, a machine empire. You can play it uh, like a, pretty much similar to a hive mind. They've got their own unique um, portraits, civics. Um, so you, what you get is you get a, a game where you don't have to necessarily worry about factions and uh, planet happiness because robots don't have a happiness rating. Um, they basically the vanilla ones work almost exactly like hive minds do. Um, however, there are three civics that you can take, which kind of drastically alter how you play them. Uh, one of them is, um, crap, I'm going to try and remember what they're called now. Um, I remember the names of two of them, but I can't remember the name of Well, basically the one of them is organic life was a mistake. You can, can you guess what they do? They kill all kill organics? Humans. Yeah, well, they're basically like fanatic purifiers, but they can team up with other AI, like other, other robots. Machines, yeah. They get, yeah, they get on well with other robots, and that's it. Mm -hmm. If you're an organic, they hate you, and they want to murder you. Um, there are driven assimilators. They're basically just the Borg. Cool. Um, they, they, people generally don't like them either. Uh, but what but you they can don't do have with them? An actual assimilation mechanic in this game. They, have they do now. Assimilation. That's the... oh no no they they do have an assimilation mechanic. Oh, as in if you now if if you're playing driven assimilator if you play if you conquer an organic population then they will gradually uh, be joined into your hive mind. So they will join your empire with their um, like their civilization traits intact. Um. But it does remove their happiness bars and no factions, as before. And then finally, the one that I've enjoyed playing as is the uh, Rogue Servitors. Um, I, how many people are familiar with in the culture from NM Banks? No, I've never heard of that. Very no. vaguely. They're basically like the minds in the culture. Um, they are... Like, you, you basically start with... Um, a small proportion of organic populations. Uh, basically, the implication is that they built the robots, and then the robots just kind of took over everything while the, the organics go and live lives of luxuries in controlled environments. So I, I literally have organic paradise domes on my planet, which contain organic populations, and... Hmm. That's how... And they don't and really they, they... care about what's going on. No, so they still have a they still have a uh, they still have their happiness, so they still have their individuality. Uh, but they they are affected by a uh, a living standard. So they added a new living standard, uh, which is titled mandatory pampering, <laughs> which gives a plus forty percent happiness bonus. <laughs> uh, they also can't they they if you move them around on a planet, for example, their habitat effectively moves with them. The only thing they produce is unity. Uh, and what the way rogue servitors work is uh, there's a mechanic called servitor morale, um, which increases depending on the percentage of organic population you have in your empire. So these guys, uh, the uh, unlike the other two, um, organic empires generally don't get on particularly well with the other two. One of them because, you know, they're omnicidal jerks and the other one because they're the Borg and nobody likes them. Um, the rogue servitors... Um, a number of empires do actually get on reasonably well with them, 
Um, and they will, if you enter diplomatic relations with organic empires, you can um, basically just sort of gather them up into, and sort of absorb them into your empire and put all of their population in as biotrophies. <laughs> that's what they're called. And then they get to get they get to uh, experience mandatory pampering. Remember, <laughs> happiness is mandatory. Man, I want to instill a mandatory pampering policy in my household. Yeah, this is good. Uh, wait, I think you have one. It's just the cats demand it from you. Oh, yeah. dang it! You're the servitor. Yeah the the um the the description on the organic paradise building is an AI controlled artificial paradise designed to satisfy every need a sapient organic being might have, uh, just so long as it doesn't express a need for self determination. <laughs> um. So the other thing that they add is they've reworked the AI revolt uh, endgame crisis, and they've also introduced a new fallen empire type, which is uh, a race of malfunctioning robots. Nice. This is great. So, so yeah, it's all it's basically focus, focuses extensively on, on machine empires and doing cool stuff with that. Um, there's like... Uh, um, new voice lines for it, new interactions, that kind of stuff. New story events. Um, if you play as an AI, em uh, a, a machine empire, you um, it renames several technologies to make them make more sense, uh, rewords a lot of events, that kind of thing. It's pretty good. I like it a lot. It seems pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. I just said I don't have time for it anymore. But yeah, I should play more Stellaris. Oh well. Ah, oh, what else have you been playing, Alice? Um, against potentially against my better judgment, given uh -oh. the uh, <laughs> well, I say that I know I've grumbled about Guild Wars two previously. Oh, um, you got into the new expansion, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> you know what? Um, I actually really do kind of prefer this one for two reasons. Number one, it's going to one of the more interesting settings that they kind of um, sliced out of Guild Wars 2. Because um, the thing about the original Guild Wars was the two expansions that came after Guild Wars were, in my opinion, better settings than the original. Um, and Path of Fire, since it goes into the Crystal Desert, also kind of dips into Ilona, which was the setting of um, Guild Wars Nightfall. I really like that place. It was pretty cool. Um, and the other thing is, um, the new maps are a hell of a lot less vertical than the ones in the previous expansion. Jesus Christ. I went around with some of the previous expansion areas and I can understand what they were going for because they introduced that gliding mechanic, but Jesus Christ, the, did so much verticality. Okay. It's very, very easy to get lost in them. Mm-hmm. Whereas Path of Fire and the name Crystal, if the name Crystal Desert doesn't give it away, are more kind of wide open area type places. Which is why this, is, this was the expansion that they finally, finally introduced some kind of mount mechanic. Oh, they haven't had mounts till now? Nope. Oh, wow. I know, right? They just want you to jump on top of everything, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean,. So they finally put mounts in. Um, what they have, though, is a very small set of, like, very specific mounts designed for either, uh, like, long-range jumping or uh, jumping up cliffs, that kind of thing. I think there's, like, a 
It's like a giant, like, rabbit kangaroo mount that I haven't unlocked yet. So they all have, like, different movement skills, and I think that's kind of what they wanted to go for, but the way they advertised it was kind of like, Guild Wars 2 now has mounts, and everyone else is like, congratulations, you've done something that World of Warcraft has had since 2004. I like the giant rabbit look. It looks amazing. How much of a pain are the mounts to get? Uh, well, you get given the, you get the first one given to you in the introduction story mission. Oh, okay. It's not like uh, it's not like other games where there's like a, a like a huge subset of mounts and difficult to get mounts. These ones are they basically just give to you because they are functionally movement skills. They're just really good looking ones. I think that's why some people mounts are designed to be companions, not just mounts that allow you to get across puzzles in ways you never thought of before and. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Arena Net's marketing department could probably, you know, lay off the paint, maybe. So maybe, um, so it sounds like you need certain mounts for certain puzzles? No, oh, you are at least getting to certain areas, yeah. Okay. And I've so noticed you, you a couple need of... to collect them, or uh, not, maybe not all of them, but a certain amount of them to get to all the areas? Well, as I said, they basically consist of, um, they are like, advanced movement skills in the i think there are only like four or five mounts okay but what i suspect is going to happen is they'll just end up releasing like different skins for those same mounts mm -hmm. the first one you get is a like a like a raptor okay sort of thing looks a little bit like a velociraptor but it jumps that's what that's that's its thing it, it like jumps well, so does the bunny the rabbit and no, no, but he, like, jumps oh, far the, rather all right. than high. All right, yeah, the raptor's a long jumper. The bunny rabbit's a vertical jumper. The, I think there's one that, there's there's one one that goes that, over water. Yeah, and there's one that can teleport or something if you find specific regions of the map. Okay, teleporting like it, would just win. Okay. No, no, but it, like, it teleports between specific areas. Oh, yeah, here's the jackal. Him. Yep, he does magical yeah. jumping from places. It blinks. So... Yeah. It can't go as far as the raptor, but it can get through things, I guess. Something like that. So they went with a... They, they were like, oh yeah, we're introducing mounts. And then they were... I think they kind of... I don't know. They, they I think they might have sort of just missold the idea. I don't, maybe calling them mounts was a bad idea, but then what do you call them? Well, why not call them mounts? Yeah, exactly. They that's are the other, mounts. That's, that's, it's just that they, yeah. the big thing they give you is puzzle think, stuff. And uh, yeah, but quickly, I think, right? Yeah. Oh, and the other thing is, once you unlock, once, like, for example, once you actually get the Raptor mount in the initial story mission, that unlocks it on all of your characters across your entire account, regardless of what level they are. So, so how, how do you get into this expansion? Do you need to go and play through the content of the previous expansions before no, you can do the prep? You don't even. Here? You don't even need. You don't even need the previous expansion. Oh wow! You don't even. You don't need. Um, what's it called? Um, who cares? Hearts of Hearts of Thorn, yeah. Sure. You don't need that. So you you could that, just buy guilt. You you need probably the base game and Path of Fire, right? Yeah, and, and as far as I remember, go. the base the base game is free now. Oh, okay. I think. Yeah, that would make so sense. So it's just so it's just Path of Fire. And then you're gonna play some quests. Get it. Wait, so don't you need to be a certain level to do this content or how do they handle that both but yeah both the last both the last expansion and this expansion require you to be level 80 well so you do need to do something to yeah get up to level 80 <laughs> yeah you need to do level 80 first do they let you but buy that, a boost or something that, or? yeah they've got boost tickets and all of that crap so you can 
boost your heart's content. Okay, so if you don't have a level 80 character and you don't want to buy a boost, you might need the expansions for leveling? No, or... you don't, because you everything else is in the base game. Oh. Like, the whole thing up to 80 is the base game. Oh, okay. And then it's just expansions from there. Got it. So. Um, I think the only thing you miss out on, aside from the story and areas, is... Uh, unlocking gliding because that was a thing in the last expansion and um the so there's the elite specializations that they introduced in the last expansion um they've added a new set one for each character class in fire for fire mm-hmm. um which has brought me back to playing uh my elementalist um i didn't really like the the theme or the the thing they were going for with the elementalists one in uh heart of thorn which was called tempest um the one in uh path of fire is called weaver which allows them to uh double up on their elemental achievements that probably means nothing to people no it doesn't really mean anything yeah elementalist elementalists can can attune to one of four elements and it changes their spell line uh, okay. What weavers can do is they can attune to two elements at once, so they get a different, you know, a slightly different spell line instead. Okay. With combined elements. Line. So. I don't know what a spell line is in this. As game. in skills across your number keys. Oh, okay, got it. Because uh, Guild Wars Two did that thing where the skills, the first five skills on your skill bar, are determined by what weapon you're wielding. Oh, or, right. In element or in the elementalist case, what weapon you're wielding and what attunement you're in. So can you be like all the classes in this game, or is it just weapons within? No, a class? it's class class per character. Okay. Although um, the elite specializations are just a like a trait line you can pick up. Got it. Um, but you can only have one active at once. You can't do both. Can't do. And the other ones are things like. Um, so what what all of the elite specializations have done is given given your character a weapon specialty that they didn't previously have, uh, and then a new skill line, uh, and stuff like that. So for uh, weavers allows elementalists to wield swords in their main hand. Um, thieves get one called dead eye, which allows them to wield rifles. Uh, what's the other one I unlocked? Oh, Mirage for Mesmers, which allows them to wield axes. Alice, is this game any good? Eh, as far as as far as um, like MMO games are concerned, um, it's still one that I'll play. I'm not sure if I will ever consider it as good as the original Guild Wars, but given that I've played more of Guild Wars 2 recently than the original Guild Wars, um, you know, it's, it's all right. But I kind of stick to my whole thing of not necessarily recommending MMOs because tastes are very, very different between people. That's true. I just don't hear much about it is all. So. No, but if you read the if you read the subreddit, a lot of people are, are indeed subreddits that talk about Guild Wars Two in passing. Um, it's kind of like, wait, that game still exists. <laughs> like their marketing is really bad, and I don't know why. So, and it's been done. Ah, uh, Annie, we gonna play Guild Wars two? 
No. Oh, all right. I like Guild Wars 2. Yeah? Played it for a while. You going to play the expansion? Oh, no, I just, no, no, I haven't played it in, in I, at least a year or two. I played it long enough to climb on a couple things and was like, yep, this game isn't for me. I, we were playing it together at launch. Yeah, and, and that I, that was exactly how long it took me to be like. I was pretty mm, ill at the no time, thanks. so I don't have a lot of good memories associated mm. with it. <laughs> I just remember having to dodge some of like the big bosses' tells and do like, the little roll thing. I was like, it's it felt a little gimmicky to do that little dodging mechanic all the time because mm. it didn't have the Trinity system, right? Uh, no, although they did um, start to like. Um, when they started putting things like raids in, um, mm-hmm. they kind of slanted a couple of the elite specializations towards things like tanking and or healing. Like yeah. the ranger one called Druid in Hearts of Thorn uh, has a lot of healing skills. Like It's a fun game. It, it looks really good. <clears throat> and uh, some of the mechanics are cool. And the leveling was fun. I played it probably for about a month or two, but it just didn't seem to have anything to, to hold my interest over the long term. I think the other thing it, it, that helps is I'm kind of waiting for uh, Final Fantasy XIV patch 4.1. Mm-hmm. You and me both, buddy. <laughs> <sighs> when is that coming out? Well, they have now put the full site out, but we can probably talk about that later. Hey, you can run around on Argus while you're waiting. Oh, I know, but that oh, yeah, was, that was a thing that happened. Uh, and apparently, it's quite good. It is. Like they put StarCraft into WoW. If you if you can deal with all the aggro on Argus because you can't fly, that is. It doesn't matter. I never learned how to fly on the Broken Isles anyway. Oh boy, what are we doing? Um, uh, who's next? Alex, what you been playing? Hello. How's Underwaterway uh, Romano going? Getting there. I think I'm pretty close to the end because lots of crazy stuff is now happening. That is, is ties it back into some good of the. Or... No. Yes. Yeah. Yep, I really like the story in this one. It's definitely better than it was in the first part, although you kind of have to play the first part to actually get everything because it's sort of so ingrained in it. But it's really enjoyable. Like I said, it's sort of better, got better combat balancing that you actually be in combat a fair bit more. So, yeah, and the story's progressing. So, yeah, going well there, but. Yeah, still not quite finished. Okay. And yeah, aside from that, I started uh, East, East 8. Ah, Kelly will be happy. Yeah, yeah it's definitely a, along the lines of the more recent East games. So you've got the changeable characters, etc., the damage types and weaknesses. So. But yeah, pretty strong. It is just it is more yeast, which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah I, I like that style of game compared to the Oath and Fulgana engine where it's platforming and 
kind of one you play just only play as Adol. Yeah, I did quite enjoy the platforming bits in Origin, which I played, but the exploration's fun as well. Yeah. So yeah, I've only put a couple of hours into that, so I haven't really had a chance to do much with it. I think that's the same for the other two games, because I picked up Project Cars 2 yesterday. Oh. So I started playing that, which is fun, although I figured out that I'd need traction control on if I'm going to play with a controller. <laughs> Especially on the Formula Rookie cars, because they spin out immediately if you don't have traction control on <laughs> Well, if I don't have traction control on, good people might <laughs> have it. Yeah, so, I, I yeah, turned that I stuff just, on. Yeah, I was just played a few career mode, mostly of that. I did try and play the online mode very briefly last night, but the UI for that is pretty bad. So I wasn't entirely sure what I was doing. I couldn't figure out what the how race status stuff is really unclear and sort of what you have to do to actually get into a game and sort of progress through it so it's weird hopefully they'll sort of adjust that a bit but the actual driving gameplay yeah, has it improved good. since the first one do you like it better um it's hard to tell because i don't actually remember the first one oh, all, right. all that much but it seems to be very still the racing is really good so it should be. I need, to, I need to drive a few more cars to actually figure it out because I've only driven the Formula Rookie one so far. I need to see how it handles all the other ones, like the Indy car and touring cars and whatever. And I haven't even tried the ice racing or the rally cross yet, so those could be neat. And I also. I've also got Danganronpa V3 because Matt had oh. a review code for that for some reason. Anna. <laughs> the start of that is weird. The what? The start of V3 is weird. The start of the game is weird, weird of a Danganronpa game? Okay. Weirder than normal? Sort of in that it's sort of playing with the viewer a bit more. Or... In that, I'm not entirely sure if the intro section has actually happened. <laughs> it's okay. weird. Yeah, it's weird. There's something with losing their memory and things, so I'm not entirely certain if that little intro actually happens or it's sort of just a weird fake out. Oh. <laughs> Nothing huge happens in it. It just seems to be designed just to confuse viewers, which. I mean, it's Danganronpa that should be expected. Okay. Yeah, I mean, did you play like, the... It's got all the cool music, so... Did you play the demo? No, I didn't. Okay. Because it sounds like what you're describing is exactly what the demo does, so... Yeah. Yeah, so I know the demo is definitely non-canonical because it's got characters from the other games from in it. From the other two games in it, yes. Yes. Yeah. So this, this one sort of seems to have all the characters from this game in it, but it's not... It sort of does a repeat of something, so. All right. You'll see. see you'll see soon enough. It's just, it just threw me through a loop a bit. I can't wait for this game to come out. It's coming this week. I know. No, no, next week, right? No, this week. <gasps> it's this week. 
<laughs> yeah, I know all the reviews came out and they were mostly good. I think they're all ish. Pre- pretty good. Yeah, I think even better than good. I think so. They're all actually highly effusive. These people who I it trust was like on these things. The websites that I would give a crap about how they reviewed Don Gunrumpa reviewed Don Gunrumpa well. Yeah, hello, Derek. Is what I is what I trust, and he really liked it. So sweet. Who's Derek? RPG uh, fan, right? Yeah, I think he's right. Right, for other sites as well now, but yeah, I think this review was for another site. Okay. Yeah, he's like Embryon X on Twitter, I think. Yep, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, no, that's pretty much all I've been playing okay. this week. Did you seriously have your credit card on the stream, Chris? Maybe. Did I? <laughs> I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> Good job, Chris. I did not. I cut to my camera. I totally didn't. I better delete this archive. <laughs> oh, so well. if you want to see Chris's credit card, make sure you tune in no, weekly no. live to twitch.tv slash <laughs> no. gamer at 9 a.m. Pacific no. noon Eastern. No. Oh, Chris, you, you just bought me a new 3DS. I did not. <laughs> did you flash us the three numbers on the back, too? No. I'm not going to. Yeah. Is there anything else that you were playing, Alex? I have to see what happened. Where's the archive? No, that's pretty much it. Cut the tape. It's it's me, right? No, it's not. It's me. Okay. I've been playing Divinity Original Sin 2. You've been playing a lot of that. I have. Well, you, I finished Divinity finished the Original first one. Sin, yes. my cheat run through of Divinity Original Sin. You dirty, dirty cheater. It was a fun game. I got to the end and it's like, yep, that was cool. I like the writing. The rest of the game has some issues. Um, they're all outlined in the review on rpgamer.com uh, that Glenn wrote um, a couple years ago. So you can go check that. Uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 is better. It's a way better game. And it just feels better. The setting's better. The, the Everything's better. The story's better. The <laughs> so I'm not cheating in Divinity Original Sin 2, at least not yet. And um, there's two reasons for that. One, they keep patching the game which breaks all the cheat tables um and two um more importantly i wanted to give the game a fair shake and it feels good and i'm, I'm really enjoying actually playing the combat for real um i'm on the easiest setting and that's worth noting um so i'm i'm still on wuss mode but it feels right in wuss mode like combat's like exactly where i want it to be not too hard but i have to like actually do things and uh, and that's cool. It's very frustrating that I don't have all my skills maxed out or my stats, and um, I'm feeling really sad that I don't have all these overpowered characters already yet. So it's like driving me crazy. But at the same time, it means everything I find in the game has way more weight because I'm not cheating. Um, but uh, the game itself, uh, you are one. Uh, you're playing this too, right, Jonathan? Yeah, I've played it some. Just some, okay. But with uh, with friends, 
Oh, you're doing co-op. Oh, that makes a difference. Okay, so (laughs) this game is you are a sorcerer, which means you can use this magic power that right now is kind of forbidden in the world because for some reason uh, these evil void creatures are attracted whenever people use source power. All right? So you've been exiled to an island, and um, you can meet up with some... You get to choose... Okay, you can make a custom character, or you can choose a character that has an origin story. Highly recommend you use the ones with the origin story. It gives your character a lot more depth and a quest line to do. Um, And then you can recruit the other characters that you didn't choose who have origin stories. You can recruit them to your party, and then they'll have quests to do, but uh, they are their own people then, and... uh, so then you can get along with them or get along poorly with them and all that. Um, I am the big red lizard guy, um, and I've me too. I've got a bard in my party and a necromancer who's amazing. Uh, or, well, he's not a necromancer, but he's an undead skeleton guy, and he's amazing. He's written by Chris Avalon. Um, I'm starting to wonder if I should have just played the game as him because his character is pretty great. <laughs> um, and and I also have oh the dwarf who just everyone loves. Um, so, yeah, the uh, my party's cool, and um, we are going around. Uh, the long and short is that, um, and Larian's been advertising this everywhere. It's like one of your party, like so if you're playing solo, it's your character. One of your party is going to have a chance to to become the divine and have a bunch of divine power. But what I like is cool. Like if you're playing co-op, everyone in the party who's playing has a chance to become the divine, and so you have to there's some sort of conflict that's going to happen with your party later in the game over who gets to actually ascend and be, get divine powers. So um, a little nice little bit of competition in the co-op thing going on there. It's really cool. Um, other than that, it's, it's a Baldur's Gate style game. You know, it's a, it's a isometric perspective, walk around, loot all the things, sell them to shops, buy equipment upgrades, get into very tactical combat that has a lot of elemental stuff. Um, learn skills have to level up your memory spot so you can slot more skills at once it's it's just like D. you have only so many spells you can have memorized at once um do a lot of conversations pick the right choice otherwise piss off the person you're talking to and have to fight them instead of just talking it out with them and uh, do quests get stronger proceed with the story uh, the dialogue's all really well written um just like the first game, you can get a talent that lets you talk to animals, and the animals are all great. <laughs> and they, they have very animal-like personalities, like the squirrel really likes shiny things. Um, cows can see the future in this game. I don't know why. It's just how cows work in this game. Um, and uh, rats always give you hints in dungeons, and that's always great, too. So, I, are there cats? Huh? Are oh, there cats? Um yeah i found a cat and he was very confused and he's been following me around for the first part of the game and um, (laughs) i will say that if you keep him safe because you can do things that will get that cat injured if you keep him safe you get a reward um at the end of that chapter so i highly recommend being friends with the black cat and uh yeah don't walk past that card yeah yeah i had to reload yeah that was no good (laughs) because that was bad (laughs) Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's good so far. I, I'm really liking it. And oh, in the first game, Kelly in Divinity Original Sin One, there's a cat who's also a wizard, and he would change back and forth. So, 
And then there was a cat who was trying to get with another cat, and you had to like you had to play matchmaker between them and and get him, you know, in her good graces. So that was uh that was pretty awesome too, especially if you're a cat person. That sounds adorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Jonathan? Have you been playing? You haven't been playing much. You're just probably in the tutorial area well, we, and stuff. <clears throat> oh, we played. No, we're in that first city. So um, <clears throat> I played about, I probably would have played more if I hadn't gone to Boston, but we played, uh, I'm the Red Prince uh, and I'm a, <clears throat> sorry, a battle mage. So it's kind of a, a warrior mixed with uh, some spellcasting ability. And uh, we have, uh, it's just three of us. So we did get one NPC. I got the, that dwarf guy, made him a uh, cleric because we didn't have a healer. Mm-hmm. Then the other guy's uh, an archer or a ranger um, that can polymorph. And then mm-hmm. uh, you can turn into a oh. chicken <laughs> with that. That character <laughs> can turn into a chicken. I don't know why, but it's one of the things I can do. <laughs> and then the other guy is like a rogue backstabbing class. Mm, those are nice. So it's it's pretty fun so far. Um, coordinating who does what story stuff can be a little bit annoying. And that was the same case when I was playing co-op on Divinity Sin. Yeah. Uh, Divinity That's, Original Sin 1. Yep. Uh, you can see the little thing over their head, so you can always join in on it. It's just we got to talk. Hey, I'm talking to this yeah, person. Yeah, if, if they don't wait for you, that's a problem, right? Yeah. But so far, so good. It's fun. Uh, we have it on the tacticians mode, oh, so no. it's not the hardest, but it's the next hardest. Yeah. And so we've got a. If you're lower level than your enemies, it's tough. We've got yeah. our butts handed to us a few times. So. I imagine you have but to I, redo fights uh, regularly. Done it a couple times so far. Um, like we're down there. Those toads. Those toads tore us oh, up. Oh yeah. Fire toads, and then See, the alligators tore us up. See, you didn't have an undead. Up. Because I had nope. an undead, and one of the toads is poison, so I just sat in the poison produced by that toad <laughs> and just kept healing. See, yeah. Uh, no, they they blew us up. Uh, the alligators messed us up pretty good too. You got the, into the, the swarm of little um, centipede bugs. No, haven't done that oh, yet. Okay, that'll be fun. <laughs> they just keep coming. <laughs> so we're just trying to do all the quests around town, and then it got late, so we we called it. But and then I had to found that I had to go to Boston, so. I'm probably going to play more this weekend. But overall, I like it. And I like the... I haven't beaten the original game. I need to go back and play that, too. And I like that as well. I But I love these, you know, isometric computer RPGs. Like Baldur's Gates, Pillars of Eternity, Wasteland, you know. So many I, of them now. Yeah, these are, like, right down my aisle. So I, I love this stuff. They take so long, too. Yeah, they do take a long That's time. That's a big problem. Ooh. That's why I cheated through Divinity, because I knew it was just going to take forever. <laughs> but yeah, but now I, I got my reward. This is great. Oh, I'm liking Original Sin 2. And like, yeah, all right. Well, you haven't finished the first one. But yeah, it's it's weird, because the first game is all about fixing the source. And like mm-hmm. here in the second game, source is, is bad again. So it's like, what? I did all that work in the first game. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> Yeah, I need to. I was playing that with my brother, and then we'd always end up trying to start too late, and then we're too tired to sit there and think about a a game like that. <laughs> All right. So, what else have you been playing? I see some XCOM too. Yeah, I have been. I was playing, or 
still would will be playing XCOM 2 or The Chosen. Uh, it's that new really big expansion pack. There's some people that don't like it because the Long War, that uh, that official mod or semi-official mod or however you want to call it, doesn't work with the uh, new expansion pack. Okay. So you lose a lot of that functionality. And a lot of people that, that are really diehard XCOM fans love the Long War aspects so, of it. All right. So a little aside here. What does the Long War do for you? I don't really it, know. It, everything it, oh, it okay. increases the game length a lot it changes up the classes it adds classes it adds uh weaponry abilities skill stuff it's it's a pretty extensive game overhaul so if you're used to playing it that way and then going back to war of the chosen it plays more like the vanilla version with some new stuff Although that said, um, the War of the Chosen did introduce a couple of mechanics that had only previously been in Long War 2. Like um, the fatigue system was something that was in the mod. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I, I tried playing Long War 2. I just didn't like it. I didn't really? like the Yeah, I didn't like the strategy layer stuff that it introduced. It was buried in way too many menus. It was too, far too overcomplicated for its own good. Um and it just kind of worked or seemed to work a lot on like blowing up health bars unnecessarily. I just mm. yeah, I just didn't really like it, which is why I think I enjoyed War of the Chosen a lot. So Yeah, I mean I like both, to be honest, so far. There's certain aspects I like of that. And War of the Chosen, the big thing is these three new factions and in, in uh in, in character types. So the Reapers, the uh Help me out on what's the other skirmishers or what? Yeah, yeah, reapers, reapers, skirmishers, templars, templars. Okay, the templars are they're they're kind of uh they don't really have the little origin story stuff as much as the reapers and the skirmishers where you get some special missions early on to kind of introduce them, and um, I think the reapers are like the stealthy sniper classes, the skirmishers are. Um, I know the Templars are the kind of the melee class. They run around and they'll do a kind of like a it's kind of like that Skulljack that you had in the game, but it's a similar attack. And they they get special abilities that build off on that. How you want to customize each character? And what are the skirmishers? Oh, the skirmishers are the um, the alien race that have defected and are fighting against them. And they have a little uh, bullpup machine gun and. Um, don't forget the grappling hook. Yeah, the grappling hook. Yep, yep. So they can grapple around. It's kind of like having the grappling armor early. And it, it's built into their uh, mechanics. And you, they can pull enemies to them, kind of like Scorpion, and, and uh, hit them with a melee attack. I don't, I, so far, I've found the Templars to be the toughest to use just because they have to get in the face of the enemy. Um the skirmishers are pretty good all around, you know, in the middle of the fray fighters and uh, the little, the uh, Reaper sniper classes are pretty, they're all pretty effective. They have their own weaponry too, so they have to be upgraded separately. So that's really the big thing that adds, it adds that fatigue system like uh, Alice was saying. So if you put the same characters on too many missions, they get tired. And uh, they added some new buildings, some new uh, ability upgrades. Uh, they have like a, a medic bay where you can put your soldiers in, get, get them healed up quicker. What else did they? And they changed the story plot stuff up, so it really pulls in the. Oh, that's another thing they did with the new, uh, 
these new special uh, resistance groups, they have these um, kind of like you send your characters on missions behind the scenes. And uh, similar to maybe what I'm thinking of, like Final Fantasy Tactics, where you could you know pick three characters and they go on a mission, they come back and they bring you back loot. Yeah, it's kind of what you do here. You send them on special missions that that the other uh, the uh, resistance groups like the Reapers of the Skirmishers. You, you you build up your rapport with them, and they'll give you options of missions you can send your your soldiers on. So you don't actually take part in them unless they get caught. Uh, but you send them out, and they they try to. Uh, get you more supplies or more intel or they um, get you some loot or something. There's also these three, uh, these three enemy, uh, what's the, what do they call them in the game? Alice, the, like the sniper guy, the guys you got to fight. Oh, the, uh, the, those, the, uh, the titular chosen. The chosen. The that's hunter. It. Yeah. Yeah. The chosen. Yeah. <laughs> Hunter, Warlock, and uh, Assassin. The sniper, yeah, Assassin. So there's also these the, the, the Chosen. That's why it's called the War of the Chosen. Um, it's it's kind of like the big boss enemies from the uh, the original XCOM 2, and they'll appear randomly or not so randomly on some battles so that they build up their, uh, their threat level or their intelligence of you while you're doing missions in their little areas. Each, each of the three has a, a chunk of the earth that's kind of like their territory. And they'll come in and fight you, and they're pretty powerful. They're not quite as powerful, I think, as the the special like the what is it like the the broodmother thing from the other one. Those where they they would get a turn every time you you attack and kind of wreck your party. These guys are strong, but they're not quite as OP as those guys, I think. And the sniper guy to me felt the easiest so far because you could just hide from his his little aim shots. But the assassin uh, lady, she's pretty tough. She'll run up and just one shot hit your character. And then she'll also down a bunch of them. And if you don't physically bring another character to get them up, she'll kind of capture one and take it away. And you got to try to go rescue your character. So she'll they'll snatch your characters from you. And then you have to go on missions to rescue them. So you have this little mission rescue or this little mission system to where you can try to infiltrate the, where the chosen are. You can... You know, like I said, get the good stuff, and then they'll your characters will be gone for a certain amount of time. But it can also give them bonuses like plus one to their armor rating if they go on this mission, or plus two to their will, and so or and so you kind of also get to level them up while they're doing that. And if they get caught, uh, so you got to be careful who you put in there too, because if they get caught or um, it, it was it some kind of failure, there's a possibility of a failure occurs. So you actually got to go on and try to get your characters to escape and you may only have two or three out there. And so if you, they die, they just die out there in this mission, but you do actually get to go and take control of them during this. So, and, and then what's the uh, little, um, the zombie creatures you got to fight. That's a big thing in this where if you shoot one of them in the head and kill them, your characters keep getting more turns, but there's like hordes of them that come at you. So those can be pretty fun little battles too. And it, it can, one missed shot where you don't kill them or you don't or you don't quite do enough damage can really screw up your plans. Otherwise, you can just you just mow one down after the other. But uh, I haven't played all the way through it yet. Probably about halfway. And uh, I remember that first mission where you get the you meet the reapers and the skirmishers was a pretty cool one. Uh, you you split two parties of th- or three, so you split your six up. One goes for the reapers, one goes against the skirmishers, and it introduces the new character class from each of those two groups and. So you basically have two parties of four and you try to go through this little uh, 
go through this battle and it's fighting those little zombie characters and trying to uh, get to the rendezvous point to escape and then have this meeting between the two groups. But those are pretty well done uh, missions that uh, that they kind of created there. So uh, kind of get you right into the, the groove and the mood. But other than that, uh, there's just more good stuff on XCOM 2. Adds new a lot of new stuff. So if you play the original and you want another new experience, this really changes the game up enough to offer you something different and new. So that's that. And then the two other non-RPG-ish Battlegrounds, PlayerUnknown Battlegrounds got a new patch a week or two ago. Is that always the case? (laughs) Yeah, but this is okay. This is like added new content stuff, not just bug fixing. So they added a Mini-14, which is a uh, 5.56 sniper gun, which is people think it's a little overpowered, so it may get nerfed a little bit. Um, but it's a it's it's kind of it's very similar to the M16, but it's more uh, it's probably a little more accurate. It's a semi-automatic, so it's like a mix between an assault rifle and a sniper. Almost, it's, it's really a sniper, but it's got that feel. You can almost use it like you would an M16, just without the burst fire. Um, Let's see. It added the fog maps, which is some people find really cool. So oh, it's really wow. foggy. It's really hard to see. Yeah. And it kind of has a Silent Hill sound to it when you're walking around. Oh, no. Kind of like this windy, eerie sound. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking it at is, it now. It's, it's just completely foggy while you're coming down. You oh, yeah. You can't tell yeah, if the other people are parachuting near you or not. Yep. And uh, seeing buildings or good luck using an eight-time scope because you'll just zoom in in a whole bunch of fog. <laughs> so... It kind of takes the long-range sniper game out of it, uh-huh. uh, so it makes it a little more mid-range to short-range game. But uh, you could uh, four times is still useful. You can see silhouettes in the fog with the four times, but the eight times that's just almost impossible to see anything. Is it random whether or not you get on the fog map? Yep, yep. It's all random. So there's fog, rain, there's dusk, uh, there's like the regular daylight one, and I think there's one other I'm missing. But uh, a lot of people hate the rain because it's like you can you can't really hear people coming very much in the rain and it's mm. really loud. Mm-hmm. So I've, I have some friends I play with that if we we launch a, a rain map they'll just say okay exit the lobby and restart. They hate it. I don't it doesn't really bother me. So that's the two big thing. Oh, and they made the Tommy gun a normal gun to pick up instead of being found found in boxes, which is cool because. The worst thing ever is when you went to go risked yourself to go get a box that dropped an airdrop and it was a Tommy gun in there and you're like, oh crap, that was a waste. So that's that. And then oh, I got Madden eighteen. Oh, are you playing the single player? No. Oh I okay. I did I did do the long shot, yes. When I was waiting for our league to start, I went through the little long shot thing. It was interesting. Isn't it long? Uh, Oh. The long shot? Yeah. How long does it take to get through the long shot? Uh, five or six hours, I five think. Five or six hours. Okay. Yeah. All right. Wouldn't too bad. And it was... Okay. So it was interesting? You didn't like You didn't like it that much? It's better than I thought it was. It's really cheesy and corny. It's like it's two like, and a half hours of cutscenes. <laughs> yeah. It's really cheesy. Maybe five or six hours long. Maybe four to five or something. But yeah, it's... You can tell they put a lot of effort and work into it, and so they do some stuff right, and the the motion capture stuff's pretty good and all that. Uh, the line, it's like they try too hard to be like, uh, what's that Texas football show, the uh, Friday Night Lights? They kind of kind of poured that on a little thick, but I like some of the cameos from like Dan Marino in there is pretty cool, and 
and some of the other things. I didn't like some of the like you're the quarterback and you throw the ball and it goes through this little little mini game and like the defender's hand in there, you gotta move the ball to the right or the left to kinda of go around his hand. It's like you're directing the ball mid flight, which is kinda of stupid to me. So that that some of those mechanics and the way it's done, I thought were dumb. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> I love how stupid that is. <laughs> oh, but it's like this I mean no one the ball when you throw football it doesn't like swerve around guys' hands and stuff. If you're not psychic, yeah, (laughs) you're controlling fate. Yeah, (laughs) and as in most of those kind of, it's really like a point and click football game almost with little mini games in there. It's the, it's like that kind of adventure style game. So it gives you the illusion of choice more than it really gives you choice, but you really affect how high your guy or if he gets drafted at all and the the receiver if they get drafted at all. So when I did it, I was drafted in the seventh round, like the third to last pick, but the the receiver, the Cole, he didn't get drafted at all. So I guess I screwed, up, screwed him up somehow. Didn't help him out enough. I think he can get drafted in the fifth round or something. So uh, it, it, it's not bad. Um, some of those mini games are frustrating. Uh, it's a lot of quick time event stuff too. So, you, you play through it all, Chris? No, no, no. I've been watching um, the beginning uh, of it with some okay. people or on some quick looks and stuff. And Anna and I have decided as soon as this game goes on sale and something, we're picking it up to play through the single players. <laughs> <laughs> right, Anna? Yes. <laughs> that sounds like a good extra live stream. I know. Yeah, that's coming up fast. So yeah, it's it's it's. I I'm surprised they did something like that to be honest. Mm -hmm. But I don't. Maybe it'll sell more games, and then if it does, they'll they'll probably do another style one next year. But uh, the people that it's more it's really trying to get people that normally don't buy it into it. Which of course you always want to increase your market, right? So I I think a lot of the guys like me who buy it every year and play the competitive modes and stuff I, I do the online franchise i don't really get into the uh the, the ultimate team stuff with the cards and all that too much but for those who uh like i guess it's really selling to guys like you uh, you know you and anna who have no interest in it yeah but exactly now, yeah. so <laughs> but I, I did it just to check it out and it's it's got a little charm to it and it's goofy and kind of i i roll groan inducing at times too but I give him credit for for trying something different. So, but uh, we're just so waiting for so them good. to put a football RPG mode in there. That's what we really. It, it kind of does. the The franchise mode is kind of like that, to be honest. Oh yeah. All right. So you you as your every week you uh, train your 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 team. I don't say characters, but yeah, you train your players and your team, and you get to pick you know which groups of the team get to training by which drill you select, and then you can pick three guys to highlight, and they get a little more. And what they get from the training is experience points. Oh. And then, yep, and then when you play games, you have certain goals each week. Like this player, if he catches... No, I don't want to play the games. 50 receiving (laughs) yards. That's the problem. I don't want to play the games. (laughs) If he gets 50 receiving yards, he gets, uh, you know, an extra 500 XP this week. Or if he throws two touchdown passes, he gets 1,000 XP. So you get all the XP, and then each week you can go there and upgrade their attributes. So... 
and you give this guy better route running or this guy more throwing accuracy if he's a quarterback or this guy better zone coverage. So you, you upgrade him that way. And then you deal with their contracts and trading them to others and free agents and doing the whole draft process. So really playing the Madden franchise, I've said it for years, it's really like playing football, like, the you know, just playing a sports game mixed with like RPG and management and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's like I love both both things. So it's like the perfect uh, mix for me. Hmm. But if you just want like a football NFL manager type thing, you can do owner mode where and you don't actually play the games. You and that's just how you choose how, how expensive hot dogs are and stuff. Yeah, you could do that, too. Yes. Or you could be coach mode. Yeah, you could also do coach mode and just not play the games. You can always simulate the games. All right. Well, when we pick it up later this year, we'll, we'll have to play around <laughs> with those modes. See what we like. That's it for me. I went on long enough. Sweet. And that means Anna, you're up. Oh, me, 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 me. I have been playing more Heroes of the Storm because I am still really enjoying playing Artanis. Um, and then finally this week, Mary Skelter Nightmares arrived. Um, so this is a Neptunia game done by um, Compile Heart and Idea Factory, but it doesn't have any of the Neptunia characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it has sort of that same flavor to it. So wait, it's a, it's a Neptunia game, but it isn't. Yeah. So it has, so it's not a Neptunia game. Okay. But it has sort of that same flavor to it. I don't know. It's got the same sort of vibe. Doesn't play like a Neptunia game. So you have a ditzy main character. Um, actually, yeah, kind of. So you play as Jack. Okay. Oh, here's a girl who has a little cross in her hair. Yep. There you go. It seemed. Yeah. Seems like it's take on criminal girls. It kind of Oh criminal girls, that's different. Well Oh. Do you have to punish people to make no. them better? So there's no ridiculous mini games. Okay. Um but yes, I can see where you would get that impression, Alex. So the idea is is one day the jail, like proper term, capital J, plop down on top of a city. And ever since then, humanity has been cursed to live inside of the jail. And the jail is a living thing, entity, um, that kind of feeds off of human suffering. So it feeds off of human emotions. Well, that's creepy. Yeah. So you got to fix this. Well... So the game opens up and you are prisoners inside of the jail because everybody's prisoners inside of the jail, essentially. Um, and it's Jack and Alice. And um, Alice seems to be really funny. Alice every once in a while gets pink eyes and gets a little weird. Okay. And she seems to be able to hurt the Marchins. The Marchins are like monsters inside of the jail and so into your cell becomes a girl who is wearing a red cape and says she has been looking for alice because she's a blood maiden and she's gonna bust her out of there and alice is like well i'll leave him without jack so off they go and it turns out that this girl whose name is red riding hood um is also a blood maiden 
And so they have this very small area of the jail that they've carved out where humanity lives, air quote, as it should, free from the Martians. From the Marchins, M-A-R-C-H-E-N-S. Okay. They're still in the jail. They're just not being constantly tortured. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is, is they have this cool idea that if they climb the tower in the middle of the jail, they can get out. So it's a first person dungeon crawler where you're mapping the, the dungeon. And there are different sections of the dungeon that you unlock as you go along. And you meet more blood maidens, unsurprisingly. Um, the blood maidens that I have met so far are Sleeping Beauty, um, who we call Sleepy. I'm detecting a theme. Yeah. Want to know what the next one is? Cinderella. Snow White. Oh. I will meet Cindy later. Mm. And I think Thumbelina. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that sounds familiar. What about Moana, the Little Mermaid? Um, well, Pocahontas? no, I, I don't know. I don't know. All the other Disney Oh, and there's... um. There? No, no, no. It's not all Disney. Um, Because it has to be ones that are in, like, you know, public domain. Mm -hmm. Um, There was also Princess Kaguya? Caligula? No. Kaguya. No, it's Kaguya. Yeah, Yeah, Kaguya. It's a Japanese... uh, The Tale of the the Bamboo Cutter. Yes, thank you. Takatori Monogatari. Yes. She's apparently from the moon. Yes, she is. Oh seriously? <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. That in 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 the in the in the folk tale Princess or Tale of the Bamboo Cutter, uh, Princess Kaguya is from the moon. Um, oh. She was. I'm trying to remember how it goes. She was exiled because. Um, I'm trying to remember why now. I have read this before. So she was sent um, to Earth, and gold was also sent to Earth, and then she has to go back to the moon at some point. Is, yeah, and it's sad. Is the gist of what I'm reading right now. And she's also she's also a character in Toho as well. Huh, interesting. Where much the same thing. She's from the moon. So at the moment, she does not want to deal with me. So she is not in my party. She is just this nutty woman at the moment. So I was about to ask if the if the princesses were your party members or if you made your own. Um. Hmm. Are the princesses your party members, or is it like Etrian, where you make your own party? So everybody has kind of a generic starting class. Um, once I get them up to a certain level, I can customize them into a, a list of classes. Um, and then I can also... So there's a bunch of mechanics that all sound really complicated, but it's kind of like Neptunia where they all get introduced to you really slowly. And so they all, even though there's a bunch of really, even though there's like a whole ton of layered mechanics, they all make sense. Um, so yeah, you, once you level up to a certain level, everybody can choose a class. Um, and all of the enemies drop blood and depending on how, how much of each type of blood that you have determines what classes they can turn into. You can also de-level people so that they can level back up because when you level people up, they earn stats and like CP that they can spend towards their job abilities. Um, and then you can use blood to change their class again. Um, and they retain some of their job abilities. 
Um, everybody also has equipment and, um, depending on the job that they have, they can or can't equip certain types of, um, equipment. So there's like swords and there's staves and there's cards and there's bombs. Um, Snow White uses bombs. I have no idea why. And every girl has a special ability that they can use while they're inside of the, while they're exploring the jail. Um, so, for example, Alice can make rabbit holes. They're all very thematic. Well, mostly mm -hmm. thematic. So Alice can make rabbit holes. Um, Red Riding Hood has a, like, cutting ability. Are all the blood mages girls? Yes. Why? Because they're blood maidens. Okay. Got it. Oh, and it turns out that Jack is also a blood maiden, but because he's a guy, he can't be called a blood maiden. And I forget what they call him instead. But uh, what? Are there other guys who are blood mages? Nope. Okay, of course not. It's not a blood mage, Chris. It's a blood maiden. I, whatever. Except so, that right, Jack's he's, a blood maiden. He's a so. blood youth. Until he flowers into womanhood? <laughs> <laughs> so, and here, here's the weird thing is his blood... So, the, the idea is, is his abilities work the opposite way that the girls do. So, when they get exposed to Martian, Martian blood, they power up. Um, when he gets exposed to Martian blood, um, he like, they want to be exposed to Martian blood because it's good for them. When he gets exposed to Martian blood or maiden blood, he like nullifies it. That doesn't seem good for anyone. Well, it actually turns out really good because the more that the maidens get exposed to March and blood, the more corrupted they become mm. until they go into a blood skelter, mm. thus the Mary skelter. Mm -hmm. um, Who's Mary? I have no idea. Okay. And um, maidens that go into a blood skelter um, go insane. And basically run around until they die. Or he touches them. Or he bleeds on them. Bleeds on them? Yes. Okay. Of course. So it turns out that him and Alice in the cell together, she's been going into blood skelters because she's been being tortured and being exposed to marching blood. Um, and then he's been basically bleeding on her. It's kind of creepy when you think about it. Oh, yeah, and there's all of these, like, really weird blood mechanics. So when you hit an enemy's weakness or when you overkill it, there's this big spoosh of, like, neon pink blood. And it so goes on your screen. And then when you get out of battle, it actually has splashed onto the dungeon around you. And so as you, like, sploot more blood everywhere, the dungeon gets more and more lit up. And that actually becomes really important because there are nightmares in the dungeons. And unlike normal marchants, nightmares can't be killed. So nightmares create darkness around them. And so you have to run away until you're in an area of a, of a dungeon that you've lit up with all of this blood. And then the nightmares go away. Anna, this game is corrupting your psyche. You need to not play it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> 
This game, yeah, this game sounds kind of weird. It is yeah. really weird, um, but it's kind of fun. Okay. It also has like all the voice actors from all of the Neptunia games. I mean, they're doing different styles of voices. Um, so they don't, and I mean, they don't have quite all of those characters because like uh, some of the characters are um, vo voice actor guilds and so they're on strike. Still? Yeah, still. So, like, the lady who is the voice actor from Noir won't be doing Noir for the foreseeable future because she's on strike. Mm. So, is this one kind of goofy, like the Neptunia games? It or is, is it actually super goofy. Okay. Because I does... was going to say, it's it does not sound goofy when you describe it. It sounds very bleak and... So, it is very... It, it, and that's the thing is the 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 sort of paradox of it all is kind of fascinating to me because this is a game that is clearly supposed to be like dark and depressing and like super macabre and at the same time it's like all of these characters are like la di da di da I'm so peppy and the blood is seriously bright neon pink and all of the monsters are cute like I want to pet the kitty. And Phrasing. All... I just the cats in the dungeons are like little kitties, and they're cute. And the ghosts have little round cheeks that you want to pinch. I need to post some screenshots on, on Twitter so that people can see. So yeah, it's kind of this weird thing where it's like, this is supposed to be like this horribly dark, dreary game. And it's got really like, um, twisted music and, but it's kind of colorful. Yeah, it's just weird. But now I'm in the graveyard and the graveyard is kind of depressing. I mean, you're kind of selling me on it with its combination of macabre and messed up Disney princesses and kitties. Yeah. So tentatively, it is pretty good. I will say that it does have some pretty wicked um, difficulty spikes. Also, what appears to be a bucket loads of fan service. Oh, yeah. So um, Sleepy has like that dress that kind of barely covers the nipples and not at all the top of the boobs. She has I like mean, that I, shelf I, thing going on. I, I mean, to be fair, I don't really expect anything less when you put from the developers of Neptunia on there. Yes. I mean, come on. <laughs> and so when they go into their blood skelter form, which they can do, um, they lose all of their clothes. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Chris, did you just... Chris... <laughs> Chris just dropped multiple things. Are you looking over there, Chris? I'm not getting off the floor anymore. I'm done the show. How do they tastefully cover up the naughty bits, Anna? Um, They just kind of go uniformly gray.
Oh, so you mean they've done all this whole thing about strategic blood splatter, but they kind of leave it off there? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, it's just kind of weird. Yeah, because covering the crotch in blood, that would be appropriate. It's a period joke. Yeah, that's what everyone wants to see. Uh... And I refrain from making period jokes. I, I'm, I'm, I'm officially I'm not allowed to make them, so. <laughs> Can we talk about another game? Yeah, that, that's that's all I've been playing this week. <laughs> oh dear, sorry, Chris. So no, we can't. Chris is. Uh, Chris no, is we're going to talk about point. news. That's what we're going to do. Oh. oh, but hearing you tr hearing you lose your mind is fun. <laughs> Anna's giving me Mary Skelter nightmares. <sighs> Anna. Yep. It's time for news. Beep, 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 Thank beep, you. Beep, beep, Final Fantasy Nine's out on PS4. Woohoo! Yeah, but it's kind of got some weirdness. Oh, tell me about the weirdness. Well, they ported the iOS version. Well, and the it, Wait, also what? the PC version, right? It's got all the boosts from the PC version. Well, the iOS version has those too. Yeah, it's all the same yeah. version, I thought. Yeah, but it has like all of the. It, it expects the touch interface from what? the iOS version. What do you mean? Um, How do you... T oh, you're supposed to use the touchpad on the controller, aren't you? Well, no, it's just the... Or, are all the buttons really big or something? There, There's a really good write-up. Hang on, let me see if I can find it. I just don't know what you're saying. Because I, I fired this up the other night just to kind of get a look at it, and it looked okay to me. This is on PS4 you fired it up? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I kind of like that. Does the it still take an hour and a half for every battle to load? Um, I can't remember because I uh, turned on, on the turbo boost is to speed it up, so it should be okay. quicker. It's my biggest problem with that game. It's like every battle takes forever. Or just hey, long enough. I'm gonna set Chris. I just need to summon Ark again. No, oh, no. I was actually amazed at how good that game looked on the PS4. Well, I just found a trailer that didn't show even a single frame of gameplay, so... <laughs> good job, Sony. It's all cutscenes. <sighs> FF9 PS4. Are we going to see it? Anna, did you find your article yet? No, I'm going through my history and now maybe I'm maybe I must have it on my laptop. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was like the menus are a different size, like they're the iPad ones instead of the computer ones. People are complaining that there's like major major input lag, yeah. and so which is a big problem because one of the um, uh, the first thing you do is is timed isn't it the sword fight uh well yeah and also the jump rope game is oh. one of the trophies yeah. yeah the trophy list is ridiculous because one of the trophies is to get the excalibur 2 what does that mean you, you have, have to beat the game. game do it do a 12 hour speed run 
You have to beat the game in 12 hours to get that you don't sword? Have to, no, you don't have to beat the game, but you do have to get about 80% through the final dungeon in 12 hours. <laughs> Why? Because uh, that's how you get Excalibur 2. Okay. So that game's always never... been there. Right. Yeah. So I am yeah, never there's... platinuming. This is weird. They upscaled the character models, but not the backgrounds. Yeah, so... Um... Oh, yeah, here's the command menus. They totally look like iPad menus. <laughs> they're real big. Yeah, all these PC ones are these iOS ports, and they're kind of lame because okay. of it. So um, the PCs like it, Phoenix too. Down... Okay, so I found a partial list of problems. Um, Phoenix Downs don't automatically target fallen allies. Yeah. Are they supposed to? They did in the PlayStation 1 version. Oh, all right. Um, Do you think that just nobody played this on iOS and these issues have been here all along? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so, again, this looks like a list of issues that are in the iOS version and carried over to the PS4 version. Good job. Um, so, so I mean, PS4, some of these are really minor and some too. of these are really major. Do you think they're in the PC version too? I have no idea. So this is someone that played the iOS version and is now playing the PS4 version. Um, the cursor doesn't jump to the bottom of the page if you press up on the top. Again, some of these are really minor. Some of these are really major. So Dodge about hit us with a major is missing with an animation. The overworld music starts over after every battle. Oh, Ooh, you fail. You fail, game. That's... That matters to me, actually. Um, there's no analog support. It's eight directions. Oh, of course. The way games are supposed to be played. Uh, yeah, I said it. Deal with it. You're making me regret my purchase. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> she didn't sorry. notice any of these things, and now, like, oh, now I can't unsee them. <laughs> well, I had. Well, it was on sale, and hey, I had some store Zidane credit anyway. Looks as amazing as he ever has. So you can go. Who's your favorite character, Kelly, in Final Fantasy? IX? Um, probably either Zidane or Vivi. Kina. Right. So apparently, that restarting music issue was was patched out of Final Fantasy X and X2 HD. <laughs> that was a problem for them too. Um, those didn't it have was not version. patched out of Final Fantasy VII. Mm. Wait, what? The Final Fantasy VII on PS4 has that issue? Correct. Ew. Come on. Oh, hang on. Didn't most of the original versions of these games have that problem? No. I seem to remember it in Final Fantasy VII. Maybe. All right. We need to make a spreadsheet about this if we're going to get anywhere. So, eh, whatever. So, yeah. Um, if little things bug you, do a bit of research before you dive into this one. That being said, I do wish that they would do the same thing with 8, just so that I could play through that game again and cheat it. Um, wait, as in release it on PS4? Yeah. Okay, because they did release it on PC. Yeah. Well, it has cheats built in, right? Well, I know. I, I want a cheatable version on the yeah. PS4. Yeah, so you're good. You have what you need. Don't Don't listen to Anna. Don't believe Anna's lies. Wait, that's Omdor's lies. I'm sorry. It's 20% off right now if you want it. Because we've done such a great job of uh, selling it to you right now, right? Monster Hunter World's got a date! Woo! 
Nobody cares about this game but me, do they? I'm thinking about getting it when it comes out. Okay. It's a it's a hardcore Monster Hunter game. Just be aware. I I know. I didn't think you were into that, but if you are, no, it looks I, amazing. I do like I do like hardcore Monster Hunter games. The problem is that I have no one to play them with. All right. It's coming out January 26, 2018. PS4 and Xbox One. PC date is going to be later. They haven't said one. And there's a crazy collector's edition. And no, I'm probably not going to get it. I looked through this. I don't I don't really need this. But for 150 bucks, you get the game. You get a deluxe kit DLC. You get a giant collectible box that the, all this stuff comes in. You get a 12 and a half centimeter tall statue of the of the big um, like the I'm sorry I forgot what the Monster Hunter terminology is for this but it's one of the featured monsters with this game one of the new monsters I think um, it's one in the box art flagship monsters that's right yeah it's the one on the box art um, well no not on the box art the box art has a Rathalos here but uh, yeah anyway but uh, this guy this guy's cool because he as you hit him he spits out these spikes from his skin and if you let him go too long they harden and he becomes harder to damage Anyway, so there's a big art book, Monster Designs, Monster Hunter World art book, Monster Designs, and then there's a soundtrack, original soundtrack. Uh, I don't know how many tracks. If it's a full soundtrack, that's pretty cool. Uh, if you don't I doubt it. To... Say what? I doubt it. Yeah. Um, North American press release says the soundtrack is just going to be a digital code. But we get to pay the same amount. Yay! <laughs> um, so... You get additional, so part of that DLC is additional uh, gestures and hairstyle, a hairstyle and a sticker set, all of which will be available as DLC if you don't get the collector's edition. Or there's a $70 digital deluxe edition, which is like just the game and those extra digital things, like the extra gestures and stuff. So, statue doesn't look that great to me, like, so I'm a little, eh, I'm not really jumping up and down for this one. But uh, you can pre-order it now. Yeah. Hey, we have a date. I'm happy about that. That's end of January. That's going to be good timing. Be ready for some Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter in the middle of winter. Turn on the heat. Get under a blanket. Kill some monsties. All right. Being able to play this on a big screen is mm-hmm. kind of what's got With surround me. sound and everything. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, Anna. <laughs> You're going to have to watch me play Monster Hunter. Okay. All right. Unless you want to watch me play Dragon's Crown Pro, which is heading to PS4. Is anyone excited? Uh, Big Witch Game? Yeah. I like Dragon's Crown. Okay. So this is adding 4K resolution, newly recorded orchestral music, cross-play support with the original PS3 and Vita systems, or versions, excuse me, so you can play all at the same time amongst the versions. And uh, yeah, and there's a trailer on the site now. Uh, no dates, right? Um, oh, 2018. 28, January 25th, 2018 in Japan. No idea when it's coming out here. 2018. Okay. I don't think they've even confirmed it's coming to the West, have they? Mm, I thought they did. No. So yeah, if you want to see these completely poorly anatomically constructed human bodies where people's <laughs> butts literally wrap around or look like they are distend- disfiguredly distended from one... Ch- it's 
there are weird things going on with the artwork in this game. Things are not structured my, right. <laughs> my friend that's an art professor like did an analysis of the sorceress in this game and said that like her spine shouldn't be yeah no there's a there's like this little art image with like a little fairy on it and like her her hips are completely deformed <laughs> like one is like twice the length of the, it's weird <laughs> hey i mean the guy has an art style and sticks to it more power to him is this the same guy well, who does the other vanillaware games because the 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 humans work in those games <laughs> what Kamatani? Well, i don't know i think it's a purposeful 80s uh kind of style that's exaggerated on purpose, you know, kind of thing. Okay. So it, I think that's what they're going for. See, the amusing thing is, is if he'd gone to work in the comic book, the comic book industry, he'd just be another Rob Liefeld. I'm trying to think of the guy's name now, the really famous one. What, the guy who did Dragon's Crown? No, the guy who did like the heavy metal artwork back oh, in the 80s um, that was really famous yeah, for you're having about, that um, style. I don't know. I, he had the Death Dealer. He did the Molly Hatchet album cover, too. Yeah, that's what he's famous for. Um, the Death Dealer guys, and then the... I'm trying to think of his name. It's like a, it's like an Italian name, I believe. I'm trying to think of it. I like Frank, his art. Frank Frazetta? Fr Frank yeah, Frazetta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but this is fine. This... this it's supposed to be like Frazetta style, but exaggerated. Frazetta yeah. style, but distorted, is what I would say. Like, Frazetta style looks like a proportioned bean. <laughs> oh, whatever. I, I don't want to. We Like, we need to bring back up the specter of complaining about Dragon Crown's artwork. Uh, Final Fantasy XV is getting a multiplayer. Oh, I'm sorry. I no, no, off. go ahead. I was going to make a stupid joke. Oh, are you sure you don't want to? Well, I, it would look good on the side of a bitchin' van. <laughs> All right, there you go. <laughs> Final Fantasy XV Comrades is coming. That's the multiplayer thing for fifteen. They put out a trailer. They've got a release date. Don't watch the trailer if it's you haven't got, finished the game. It's got spoilers for the game, yeah. So don't watch the trailer if you haven't finished the game, like Chris. Uh, it'll be October 31st, 2017 for PS4 and Xbox One. And then I don't know. Any new, any new, any news on our release date for PC yet? No. <laughs> no. So here's how Comrades works: you will take on the role of the members of the Kingsglaive. After customizing their avatar, you'll join up with three other people as they explore the world, embark on quests, and take down monsters. Single-player levels will also be made available to let players strengthen their comrades' characters. Uh, and you'll be able to equip royal sigils that grant them the powers of the Lucian bloodline, letting players adapt style to their preference. So, so is this completely separate from the main campaign yeah, and story? Yeah, and it looks well, like it's set after the story, right? Yeah, it's well, it's basically a spoiler, isn't it? It tells you exactly when it's set by revealing the plot point. Ah, uh, okay. But it's set after a certain point in the story. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. Um... But uh, I wonder how long this is going to be and how much there's going to be to do. It's kind of weird. We'll see. <laughs> and uh, Halloween, get to play this. Uh, Boot Hill Heroes, Episode 2. Yep. I, I almost forgot Boot Hill Heroes was a thing. 
So they finally got a they've got a sequel coming, huh? Yeah, he was quiet on this for a while. I I guess I missed this announcement uh, so, when I was in Boston, but so it was a one guy team, um, Experimental Gamer Studios, and these yeah. he's renaming the sequel instead of Episode Two. It's going to be called Boot Hill Bounties, and uh, it's still going to be part of a trilogy, and it's going to be released on Steam on December first. Only, <laughs> the, remember, Boot Hill, Boot Hill Heroes came out in 2013. Yeah, yeah I've uh, did a lot of coverage on this back at a couple PAXs I went to, and I think I interviewed Dave on before and after Boot Hill Heroes came out, and he was working on this one. And then he kind of went really quiet there for a while. I hadn't yeah. heard much from him. Game development is hard, he, especially when yeah. you're by yourself. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I think he said he had to completely re- overhaul the engine, which is oh, why it took so long. Wow. Okay. So uh, I remember liking what little I've played of Boot Hill Heroes. Um, I bought it on. I bought it on Vita, right? Yeah, because it had we to download. It it had to download that PlayStation Mobile thing to run because this was a playstation mobile game (laughs) back when that was a thing before they pulled that service we have it on steam now all right good just think of it it's like uh it's like an earthbound western yeah it's probably the best way to describe it yep and this is more like earthbound anna than much more than yeah i played the first hour hour and a half and it didn't suck me in does the inventory system suck like earthbound Ooh, I can't answer that. I didn't play long enough to answer that. Earthbound's inventory system did suck, didn't it? Yes, it did. Yeah. I didn't know to complain about that at the time. That's that's the primary reason why I don't like that game. Mm. You're very right about that. I guess I would just power up to the point where I don't need items, is how I dealt with that. Alright. Vampire has been delayed. Uh, if you remember back at uh, E3, I think we saw Vampire or did a write-up or something. It's been delayed till spring 2018. This is the one where you're a doctor and can choose to save or feed on patients and it has a big impact on the environment. Um, so it's due to a technical issue but uh, that has set the game back. And so 2018 now. And we don't, spring 2018. There you go. Versus Evil is going to be the publisher for Pillars of Eternity 2. Not, um, wasn't it Paradox for the first one? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's Paradox first, and then Paradox also released Tyranny, which I think sold really badly. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So that might be the reason. <laughs> was Tyranny yeah, bad? I, just know... I don't know. No, it was pretty good. I don't think it was good. It's just no one bought it. No one wanted it. I don't know why. Hmm. All right, so Pillars Versus of Evil did Banner Saga, and they did uh, a few others, but their biggest ones are Banner Saga 1 and 2. Cool. Uh, Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire, of course, is the new game. Um, it's still set to arrive early 2018 for PC and Mac. And, yeah. I don't know how tied to the first game story the sequel is, but um, I assume not much, but it's coming. And I'm sure Jonathan's going to play the heck out of it. Oh, yes. I have a... Uh, pretty awesome. I did the little... No, it wouldn't Kickstarter, but they used Fig or whatever on it, and I got the like $250 collector edition thing. Holy so crap. I'm, I'm, 
<laughs> Collector's edition it's for a, a non-existent game. But Ooh. it will exist. That's all I know. I'm confident. Okay. okay. Well, they're all non-existent games when you pre-order them, right? Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> sometimes, but I think Kickstarter is more so non-existent than the other pre Yeah, but you know they're going to make pillars too. Yeah, you're right at this point. Okay, Anna, here you go. Mm-hmm. Atelier Lady and Suel. Suella, I don't know. The Alchemist and the Mysterious Paintings will be released in North America and Europe. In 2018. In 2018 for PS4, Switch, and PC. Yep. Switch, not Vita. Correct. Ooh. Not coming to the West on Vita. Nope. All right. You're right. Your prediction that stuff was going to swing off of the Vita to this Switch. It wasn't a very hard prediction. No, I know. <laughs> All right. So, are you gonna you gonna get this one? Um, I'm gonna am, skip the entire I, mysterious saga. I remain on the fence. <laughs> I won't blame it's you. It's gonna really it's gonna really depend on what's coming out at the same time because I kind of have a I didn't even purchase the most recent one that came out because of that. Hmm. Yeah, I think Gus needs to stop making this an annual series. Because well, I don't think that's helped the previous two games. It's just these through maybe the the you know they'll come up with a new series and they'll take a new approach and you'll be happy they're annual again. Maybe. I, well, I'll be I'll be indifferent. But. I I have troubles with the concept of an annualized RPG that just doesn't work in my head. Like because the depth we usually want in these games, you can't put one out every year. So I don't know. Eh. Whatever. All right. Uh. Ooh, we've got an indie update. Here you go. My Time at Portia. It's a sandbox simulation RPG. It's on Kickstarter. They describe it as an adventure inspired by Animal Crossing, Dark Cloud 2, Harvest Moon, and the works of Miyazaki. So, have you heard of this one, Anna? Hmm? Have you heard of this game? My time at Porsche, a sandbox RPG. Oh yeah, inspired I, by Animal Crossing and Harvest Moon and yeah, Dark yeah. Cloud. I've, I've this, seen like, people talk about it. This seems like it could be a game for you. Maybe. You think it's like Zelda and farming and stuff. And... Yeah. Um, they keep kind of putting out little slicey demos. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm kind of waiting for the whole game to be out to decide what right. I want to. Well, they want a hundred thousand dollars. They're at forty-four thousand. They have seventeen days to go. That's not good. Um, 20 bucks gets you a copy of the game. If you want to pay a bazillion dollars, let's see what their top tier is. Here's what you get. Um, for $10,000, the Grandmaster Builder Pack. You will be named honorary designer in the credits. We will bring you to the studio for a three-day visit. Travel expenses not included, but we will take care of accommodations. Uh, we'll discuss how we're making the game as well as show you the ins and outs of development. We'll also show you around Chongqing, which... Oh, they're in... Is this Singapore? China? I'm sorry. I don't know where that city is. Um, does anybody know? I think that's, I guess that's China. China? Okay. Cool. Um, that Being shown around um, a city by the native is always a cool thing. Yep, they're China. So that that's kind of a cool vacation if you have the money. Um and we'll sh- discuss how we're making the game, show you the ins and outs of development. We'll also show you around the game. Uh, and let's see. N- design a new NPC, design a boss, design a mission, and 
everything from one of the previous packs. So I'm sure you get lots more too. And uh, yeah, that's cool. That's a lot of money though. <laughs> um, Garden Tail. Let's see. Indie publisher Playism has released Garden Tail. It is 10 bucks. It's a 2.5D simulation strategy RPG. Do you know anything about this, Anna? Mm-mm. You're tasked with defending the Garden Kingdom from the invasion by the Zoo Empire in turn-based strategy combat. This is a cute-looking strategy RPG. How do you not know anything about this? Because there's too many Kickstarters for me to keep This isn't a Kickstarter. Here. This is just out. Oh, really? There's a character who's a sheep. There's a character who's a panther. There's a character who's a lion. There's, this there's a lot of people. It's called Garden Tail. Oh, I thought this wasn't out yet. No, it's out right now. You okay. need to look at it. It's only 10 bucks. Huh. I will have to give it a look. I just thought it wasn't out yet. I've seen people talk about it. And, and I know you don't like to play things on your PC, but you do have that nice laptop. Mm-hmm. And it's a strategy game. This looks like your kind of game. Anna. All right. Enoch Underground from Unwale Studio has announced... Uh, oh, excuse me. I gotta stop reading that after I said that. They have announced a action roguelike Enoch Underground. Right? It's set in a world filled with catacombs. Players control one of the few remaining survivors left in a ruined ancient city. Progression is loop-based. It's planned for release via Steam in 2017. So I guess it's an RPG because it's a roguelike. I don't know. Looks very realistic setting looking. Realistic looking weapons, models. Oh, is this roguelike with Dark Souls-y sort of combat? Maybe? I don't know. Check out the trailer. See if you like it. Um, Forged of Blood from Critical Forge is uh, at TGS. That has a trailer. It was funded through Kickstarter, so that's already done. Um, You can see if you're into that. And that is a morally gray hard fantasy world where player choices have big impacts on the game and I have no idea what type of game it is it looks like a tactical RPG strategy game so there you go yeah the trailer kind of settles that for you and it looks like elements would matter because I see tiles on fire and stuff so go see if you're into that and if you like the trailer Forged of Blood and then the last game of the indie update Thea 2 The Shattering which is a sequel to Thea The Awakening it's from Muha Games and they are looking for funding for Thea 2 on Kickstarter. They want 40,000 pounds. They are at 34... Th- uh, they are... Um, let's see. They are at 25,000 pounds out of 40,000 pounds. If you're wondering, that's about 35,000 out of $54,000. And you can't... This is, as they describe it, the, the shattering sequel to Thea The Awakening. Turn-based strategy survival inspired by Slavic mythology. Become a god. Lead. Survive. Um, I'm like survive is the lowest on the list, apparently. All right. Um, let's see. For fifteen pounds, you get a copy of the game. That's about twenty bucks American. And if you want to go crazy, let's see. For a thousand pounds, or about fourteen hundred dollars, you get all the previous awards. You get listed as the benefactor in the credits. You get a Skype call to discuss any aspect of the game's design, if you wish. Um, what? What? All conflict resolution in this game is played out as a card mini game. It's a card-based battle system. Cool. I didn't know that. All right. Wait, with equipment and stuff? What? Wait. And the, this is a weird-looking game. Go check this out. This is different. 
they're doing lots of weird things. This might be cool. Um, anyway, as part of your your fourteen hundred dollar tier, you get to come to Oxford and meet the team. They'll take you out for dinner, talk about the game, um, and uh, let's see. Your Theo, the Awakening codes will um, come on a handcrafted wooden coaster. <laughs> That's cool. You're gonna get your game codes on a coaster. <laughs> So, yeah, go check that out. See if you like it. Donate. Don't donate. I don't care. Um, yeah. That's our indie update. Woo, 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 woo. All right. Let's see. What, what do we have here? Left Alive is a new shooter with mechs. Alice, did you see this Left Alive thing? It's like front Probably mission without no. the front mission. Yeah, these trailers look cool. So what's going on yeah. here? <clears throat> well, it looks like it didn't really look very front mission-y. It looks... Like a first-person shooter. Well, like the art style looks like Front Mission. It's from Square Enix, and it's a mech universe. Yeah. So I, don't I think it is the Front Mission universe. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, the art well, the artwork reminds me of um, the artwork reminds Metal me Gear. of uh, Metal Gear. Yeah. yeah, it's got stuff from Metal yeah. Gear and Armored Core working on it. Oh, okay then. <laughs> well, I mean, oh yeah, character design Yoji Shinkawa. Yeah, that's the Metal Gear guy, and I think he did. I think he does the mecha design as well. Yeah, yeah, the oh, art on I, there looks straight heard, from MGS. Where have I heard Shinji Hashimoto from? Uh, Shinji Hashimoto. So this is. <laughs> so this is um, the Front Mission oh, universe with mechs designed by the Metal Gear guy. Hmm. Looks like it. Interesting. I have no idea what you do in this game. Do we know if it's just a third-person oh, shooting cover-based Shin Shinji Hashimoto is the executive producer on a number of the more recent Final Fantasy games and Kingdom Hearts. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, that's good. And right. uh, Ta Takayuki Yanase, mech designer in this game, did Ghost in the Shell, Arise, Mobile Suit Gundam Double Zero, and Xenoblade Chronicles X. So... So there you go. That is a PC game coming in 2018. Uh, is it only PC? Oh, it's PS4, Steam. So PS. Oh, probably, probably exclusive to PS4 or something. It's a shooter with mechs. So there you go. Um, I also saw. We don't have it linked here. This this Gundam game announced at TGS. TGS Gundam game 2017. What were we talking about? We were talking about with you on Slack. Gundam Battle Operation 2. And because we've got all the mech people on this show. So there's a trailer here. It's got English voiceover. Super serious tone. And a dude walking. And then Gundams show up. And then I guess you fight. You're on the ground fighting against giant large Gundams. And then you're in Gundams. And I don't know how it's happening. Do you know how this Battle oh, yeah, Operation that, games that was, work? Yeah. Vaguely. Uh, all right. I say vaguely. All right. So some sort of battle right. game with Gundams is coming. So yeah, next. it's a sequel to a game that already exists on PS3. Mm -hmm. And we it talked. Just, oh, okay. It just didn't come out outside of outside of Japan. Yeah. Basically. Stellaris Synthetic Dawn came out. Um, and yep, you've already we didn't had have a new story about it. about it. Yeah, you've already talked about it. Just hit on the twenty-first. Uh, it's ten bucks for that expansion. 
And Final Fantasy XIV has a patch site now. So. Yep, patch 4.1, which introduces uh, or is going to have the Ivalus raid. They will stay because they've revealed how that's going to work. How's that going to work? Uh, well, there's this theater sh- airship called the Prima Vista that you oh, may have heard of. That's like from, and, from Final Fantasy IX. Yeah, and they, they then tell the Ivalus story and it, it'll be done through that. Oh, so Ivalus isn't a place, really. In the game world, even though it was listed in the ma- in the big book or something. I think it was. Well, there were a couple of places that were in Ivalice that were also. Yeah, I in. think it's Dal- Dalmasco. I think was the one I remember. Yeah, well, isn't actually referenced Ivalice itself. Oh, so. Okay. yeah. So they've come to tell the tales of Ivalice. Um, but they have brought like the scenario director for Final Fantasy Tactics in to do it. So Alice on this patch page, this very bottom, that is our goal. We need to make that house for the free company. Uh, which one? Uh, it, if you're on the patch page, uh, it's the not, Shirogani but... new residential. It's a big Oriental we're... style. It looks like yeah, Shirogani we're, we're planning on we are planning on moving the free company to Shirogani. Yeah, but then we out. need to work on getting that house. We've got to build that house, so we got to get well, all the materials. I mean, have you actually? If you've got guild to contribute towards buying a large plot, whatever. But we're going to be moving our medium over there anyway. Oh, so no, we got to go up to a large. Yeah, but that prevents us from moving everything. Oh, does it? Yeah. So when I th- believe they, because they, they. This is so annoying. How do you upgrade to large then? No, no. You upgrade to a large by selling your original one Ugh. and then buying a new one. Uh, and then you can't just move. No. Well, we should get to it, a large. Yeah, it might be a bit different because I know they're doing something involving the storage. I don't know if that's yeah. So well, we might have to wait for the full patch notes to come out. But the problem is, is that large, uh, large houses are very expensive. Storage will be added, allowing residents to stow their furnishings. Whether you wish to declutter or relocate, it will doubtless prove to be a boon. Um, yeah, which allows you to move your individual. Yep. Okay. There's there's features we don't have because we don't have a big enough house. Come on, gotta get on that. What features? I don't remember. I read them. Once. I think the features are the house is bigger. No, no, there's more than that. Um, really? I don't remember. <laughs> I should know this. I was doing other research. I should know this. Um, reclamation of an active house. No, that's all right. You can have all right, all right. You can have two hundred pieces of furniture inside, forty in the yard. You can have you get a fifth vendor instead of just four vendors. That's a big deal. You can have two more crafting facilities, eight crafting facilities instead of six, and three garden patches. Mm, see, I'm not selling you on this at all, am I? <laughs> yeah, these are things I don't use. But the vendors are. <laughs> I want all the vendors. Oh. All right. Well, I'll accept the vendors. Yeah, see? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And more crafting facilities? Come on. Yeah, I don't craft. <sighs> well, anyway. I'll figure that out later. Um, Yeah, Final has 14, 4.1. So they got the patch set up. You go read that. See what the, they showed off the dungeon that they're adding to. And, of course, there'll be new main scenario quests. You can kind of see what the next chapter is in the in the whole um, 
Um, well, now I've just gone blank on it. Not Doma, but the other place that you liberated. You know, El Amigo. So, there you go. Whew. We've got a Songbringer review up on the site. Ooh, who reviewed this? Let's see. Let's see. Pascal did. He gave it a three out of five. That's the game that's kind of like Zelda, but procedurally generated. So, go read that review. See if you want to play the game. And we have a big old review of Final Fantasy XIV Stormblood that I didn't contribute to, but I should have. Um, oh, well. Um, plenty of people did contribute to it, so you can go check that out. Adrian's got a section. Alex has a section. Glenn has a section. And Michael Cunningham has a section. The game overall gets a 4 out of 5. That's pretty fair. Um, yeah. Go read that. Like you need to hear more about yeah, fourteen quite, on this show. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the stuff is quite consistent across all four of them. So. Yeah, that's good. Ah, oh, then we have some briefs. There's a trailer for Zanki Zero. I have no idea what that is. It's a survival RPG, I guess, from Spike Chunsoft. <laughs> is that what that is? Yeah, it's from it's it's a it's a RPG from the Danganronpa team. Oh, okay, but it's not Danganronpa. No. Nope. Okay. Dungeon crawling. Hmm. Uh, Noctis is joining Dissidia. So they finally got a Final Fantasy 15 person in there. That was shown off at TGS. Uh, Blackguards 2 is now out on console. I have no idea if that's if they've patched it to the point where it's better and worth playing. I don't know. Uh, Zway was coming to PC sooner, but it got delayed. So now Zway, the Ilvard Insurrection, has been pushed back to fall 2017. Oh, the reason that it's out... So the Blackguards 2 being out on consoles is the Whoa. digital version is out on consoles. Oh, okay. The physical version was got delayed. Out? Oh, delayed. Okay. Yep. Manufacturing yeah, errors. Digital, digital future. Deal with it. So Zway, the Ilvard Chronicles, looks very cute. Um, that's been delayed. I don't remember if we're interested in this game or not, Anna. Do you? Um, yeah. I mean, it's developed by Falcom. So yeah. a lot of people are like, yeah, Falcom. I love them. I'm going to play everything that they like ever make. Kelly? Wait, like Kelly. Like a lot of people on our forums. Are you excited for Zway? The Ilvard Insurrection? Oh, yes. From Nihon Falcom? Yeah. Yes, actually I was. I forgot about that game. Yeah, it's been delayed. <laughs> It's PC, yeah, that's why so, I forgot yeah. about it. <laughs> that looks neat. So it'll be interesting to see when that comes out, how it does. And finally, Celica is now in Fire Emblem Warriors. And also, Tiki. And Kaeda. Which, again, they're putting in characters that aren't from like the list they're of approved games. They're not from Fates. Games, no, so. these, these two are because they're in Shadow Dragon. So oh, they're, in the timeline. they're in the actual timeline that's... Okay. Along with But not uh, Celica. Not Celica. Celica isn't, no. Okay. I guess Tiki kind of counts. Wait, what timeline? <laughs> um, Awakening is set like a, a couple hundred years after Shadow Dragon. Okay. Yeah, the reason but that Fates they... is in there too, and Fates and Awakening are kind of two separate universes. Oh, yeah. Though characters from one do cross over yeah. into the but other, Shad and that's part of the story. A few games? <laughs> huh? Is Isn't one? Tiki in a couple games? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Because they're actually connected directly. The, yeah, that game is definitely directly connected. But Okay, it's time 
folks. It's time for feedback. First off, we got a text message to the Google the Google Voice number. And it says, Is the Greg Maid still available? Is the Greg Maid M A D E still available? So I don't know um who the Greg Maid yes. is. Oh, it is? It's still available? Okay. Of course. Okay. The Greg Maid is still available. Just wanna let you know. Whoever accidentally texted the, the Google Voice number, the Greg Maid is still available. So if you want to text us again. Yep. I don't know what Greg made, but whatever he made, it is still available. All right. Hey, what about that horse for sale? The horse is not for sale. <laughs> the anymore. horse is not for sale. The horse is glue now. All right. No, well, it's probably know. dog food. Yeah. <laughs> Lord Golbez wrote in, um, our question of the week last week was, what did you like from the Nintendo Direct? Uh, Lord Golbez says, um, oh, he responds to my Linkle comment from last week. I didn't like Link, the Lady Link being called Linkle. Um, I remember the same, I remember, I said almost the exact same thing when I first read some news article about Linkle. I think my exact words were, okay, but don't call her Linkle. I feel like Link is a pretty gender neutral name. You should be able to use the name for both male and female Link. Uh, Shaman says uh, about the question of the week in the interest of keeping things tax deductible I'd say my favorite parts were spotting Alliance Alive's localization for wheels in the Octopath segment um, though a part of me appreciates the fact that I can now respond to Nintendo's doomed, uh, doomed comments with yeah it's out in December um, what does that mean? Xenoblade oh okay no that means Doom is out in December oh okay <laughs> <laughs> that's even better alright uh, Victor says I like the Nintendo Direct's focus on Xenoblade 2's combat I want to know how an RPG's battle system works before I invest $60 and 60 to 100 hours of my life into it so that's good people disagreed with me um, about the Xenoblade 2 segment so that's cool my favorite part of the Nintendo Direct was the Super Mario Odyssey section though says Victor alright Strawberry Egg says I thought plenty of time was spent on Xenoblade 2's story and setting um, as for my favorite part of the Direct, it was surprisingly Project Octopath Travelers. It excited me enough to want to rush and download the demo, only to remember I don't have a Switch yet. Oh. <laughs> Jay Scarp says, pretty excited for Alliance Alive getting localized. I'll take a game from the writer of Suikoden. Beyond that, the Direct made me realize that I'm going to have to procure a Switch sooner rather than later. Do we have a question of the week for folks this week? Do we uh, figure out what we're doing with the game the recommendations? TGS. We had one in the Twitch chat. Oh, we do? Alright. Why do you play games? Oh, no, I don't want to do that one. Why not? That's so esoteric and I don't care. You're no fun. I know. Something that's going to spark discussion, not philosophical introspection. We can talk about what holiday games people are looking forward to most. Should we start having people tell us what to play in October? <laughs> um, we were there's also TGS. Oh, TGS had so few things announced. Well, and it's not really relevant to us because it's only Japan. Well, some things are relevant. No, a lot of it was stuff that's coming over, but as Chris said, there wasn't actually stuff that got announced there. There was like mm. two pieces of news that were like worldwide releases, which was Final Fantasy IX and Monster Hunter Worlds. And that was really about it. But Zone of the Enders VR. And that stupid cat game you like playing VR. Neko Atsume VR. Yeah. Hey, that's not a stupid cat game. 
It's the best cat simulator on the iPhone. I I thought you liked that game, Anna. I've never played it. I always show her my cats. (laughs) That is surprising. I know, right? I'm disappointed in you, Anna. I I have literally had zero interest in playing it. It looked kind of lame. But you put out things, and hopefully the cats come and play on them. It's like real life. It's like And then you spend a whole bunch of goldfish on them, and they never play on it. All right, so question of the week is, did you care about anything at TGS? I care that they announced an announcement for Shimegami Tensei on the Switch. They announced an announcement there? Yes. How does that work? Like they October said 23rd, that on this there's going to be more news. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. All right, so if you want to sub- submit your answer to the question week, three ways to do it. Podcast at rpgamer.com. 608-729-4098, which apparently you can text now. I didn't know that. 608-729-4098. You can text or voicemail your response to the question. And, um, of course, you can go to forums.rpgamer.com and post in the latest updates section. There'll be a show thread there. Post there. We'll incorporate it into the show. Um, and maybe next week, Anna will read our email. All right. We got some new releases for you. I told you to do the feedback. Why didn't you read the email? I, I do the feedback other than email. You know that. The whole reason you got involved is because I'm incapable of handling that email box. Chris. I don't even have it anywhere. Chris. Yes? You even know the password. I do? Yes. I don't know that I do anymore. I mean, I, I'm sure I have it somewhere, but the... I needed your help with that email box, and that has not changed. <laughs> I love you. I was I, busy. I know. I know. I was handling a work. We have to get through this, like, oh, I really want people to tell us what to play. I don't know why. I'm, yeah. I'm an idiot. It's so stupid, isn't it? I thought it was a good idea. We just didn't do it with September, even though they gave hey, us recommendations. I, d- I did hey, my assignment. I did my assignment. Well, I still have to play everybody's golf, don't I? But we never told Isn't you it? what the assignments were. You could have read the feedback. I there was a bunch of it in forms, and I don't check like the email. No, what's there the was game I've always no been telling emails. you to play? There was no emails, Chris. Well, you weren't here to get your assignment, Anna. Um, my assignment was Mary Skelter. Oh, you're playing it. My assignment was Samus Returns. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What about you, Jonathan? What was your what? assignment? I didn't get an assignment. You didn't get an assignment. Mm-mm. You should go play Yakuza. I don't own Yakuza. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the game I always tell you to play? Was it Suikoden 2, Chris? Yes. It's Suikoden there you go. Two. There's yours. And Alice always says I should play Super Robot Wars 5. Yeah, play it. And it's not Super Robot Wars 5. It's Super Robot Wars V. Damn it. Whatever. Apple wants me to pronounce it as a Roman numeral. Alice wants me to not pronounce it as a Roman numeral. I can't keep up anymore. All I know is cross. Oh my gosh, Anna, it's not the iPhone 10. It's the iPhone Cross. That's what we've okay, learned. Okay, no. Okay, years. no. Seriously, I think I'm done. I'm just gone now. Oh, PlayStation 4 Blue Reflection. Oh wait, here's the new releases for the week. On PlayStation 4, we got Blue Reflection, which is um. Some sort of game. 
Gust Magical Girl game. It's a Gust Magical Girl game. That's right. Where you're in a school and weird things happen. And I'm surprised you're not interested in this, Anna. Why are you not interested in, in Blue Reflection? Because um, there are other things that I want to play. Okay. Well, that doesn't mean you, you wouldn't be interested, though, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think the next game this jumps it. All right. Danganronpa V3 Killing Harmony. <laughs> yes. Gundam Versus is coming out this week in this region. Uh, not an RPG, but I figured Alice might tell me to go play that, too. Or did Alice leave? Did Alice actually leave? Yeah, I think Alice just rage quit. <laughs> Alice went to go have lunch, I think. That's pretty smart. So Gundam Versus is out. So if you want a Gundam game, here's a local. you can support the localization of Gundam games by buying that this week. Um, Senran Kagura Peach Beach Splash. That's your game, right, Anna? No. <laughs> no? I bought one and I still haven't played it. What is? What happens in this one? What's this one about? Is it um, beach volleyball, Senran Kagura? Boob, boobs jiggle. Yeah, okay. With, like, jetpacks and stuff, too. All right. Well, SteamWorld 2 on PS4. Yeah, SteamWorld Dig 2, excuse me. That's going to be amazing. I love SteamWorld Dig. It's, it's a great game. SteamWorld Dig 2 sounds like it's it's even better than the first. So go check that out. Uh, Fallout 4 Game of the Year Edition. Then on the Switch, we have Pokémon Tournament DX. You can do more uh, Tekken Pokemon. SteamWorld Dig 2 is on the Switch. That might be the platform I pick it up on. Thimbleweed Park is out on the Switch this week, Anna. Or out right now, probably. Uh, Thimbleweed Park? Week? Yeah. Yeah, it's out. Came out on Tuesday. So you can play that on the platform that you would prefer to play it on? It's also out on iPad. Ooh, that's what you're waiting for. Wait, it's a lot cheaper on iPad than it is on Switch. What's up with that? We should have asked them that question. Mm. Why is it only 10 bucks on the iPad and 30 bucks on the Switch for like the same game? <laughs> that, that makes no sense to me. Uh, Xbox One gets Cuphead, which is cool, but I, I just don't know. I don't, and uh, Fallout 4 Game of the Year Edition. I know Cuphead looks really cool. It looks cool. It's not an RPG, but we've been waiting for yeah. that to come out for forever. Um, 3DS, Pokemon Gold and Silver come into the 3DS digitally. So ten bucks each if you want to play the original gold and silver, and you get a free Celebi. Oh, that's right. That gets, that entitles you to a Celebi in Ultra Moon or Ultra Sun. I can't remember if that was a pre-order bonus or not, though. I think it. No, or if it's I, like I an Earth. I think it's just if you buy them and then. I don't know. That's a good question. I have to look up those details. PS Vita is getting Danganronpa V3 and SteamWorld Dig 2. And PC has got a bunch of things. Ancient Frontier, a turn-based space RPG. Uh, you go check that out. That uh, looks kind of neat. Blue Reflection, there's your Magical Girl game. Cuphead's on PC. Danganronpa V3 is on PC. Fallout 4 Game of the Year Edition, of course. Figment, which was a game that we saw at PAX that we thought was cool, but it's not an RPG. Uh, Anna, did you decide if you wanted to play Figment or not? Or did you just think it was cool? I want to play it, but I don't know where it fits into my schedule. Okay. Hob is out this week. That's right. The new game from Runic. Remember the people who made Torchlight? Their new game is out. It's called Hob, and it is, um, it's an action-adventure game. So very different than Torchlight. So you can see that's, uh, if you've been wondering what they're up to and why they're not playing Torchlight the MMO, uh, they're making this. 
Legends of Tyrandal is on PC. That is a um, that's like a a TCG, a digital TCG type game. SteamWorld Dig Two and Total War Warhammer Two, which is not an RPG but has enough of it that it's appealing. Um, I like Total War Warhammer One. I didn't play through it a, more than one time, but uh, Warhammer Two looks to uh, be very much more of the same. And then finally. A release for a platform you wouldn't normally expect. SNES is getting Star Fox 2 this week. <laughs> Star Fox 2 finally coming out. Oh, because the SNES Mini yeah. releases this week. I took the day off Friday to go hunting. No, no Good pre-orders? Luck. Oh. Well, I have a pre-order. Oh, that's Target, right. But... You wanted a second one for family or something. That and I don't a hundred percent trust the pre-order. Okay, it's it, it's kind of a bird in hand thing. I think we went through this last week. We actually, did. we did. You're right. <sighs> That's it. That's a show, folks. So I want to know what you're going to be playing this week, Anna Marie, Mary Skelter, oh, and poo hoo hoo and poo hoo hoo Alex Fuller, and probably some. That laugh which I can't do. <laughs> 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 Ropa. All right. Yeah, that one. And, yeah. Oh. I'll be playing the same four games Madden, PUBG, um, <clears throat> Divinity 2, and XCOM 2. It was like so. some weird controversy swirling around all of those arena games this week. What? The like H1Z1 people said PUBG was only. Was only popular because H1Z1 was, and then the PUBG people said Fortnite was only good because their game was good. It was just weird. Well, Fortnite is deliberately advertising it as our game like PUBG. Yeah, yeah Fortnite. It's the Fortnite. Oh, yeah, no, they are totally doing so. But it was just like this weird domino of like people saying really dumb PR things. Huh. Well, and then I think. PUBG was a lot better than H1Z wouldn't King of the Hill. I didn't really care for that, but this like does it all right. So yeah, I mean, stuff is derivative, of course. Yeah, of course it is. This is the video game industry. Everything's <laughs> derivative to, to, to a degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of what's cool about video games. You can look at a video game and go, these are the aspects that I like, and I'm going to put them in my game. And then yep. we get a better game, or a worse game, and Except we learn from software that. software patents. Yeah. I'm going to say every generation has a game that everybody copies. Remember when FPSs were Doom games? We have That's literally what... an entire genre called Diablo clones. You mean isometric action RPGs? Yeah. But they weren't always <laughs> called that, Chris. Yeah. And then now we have a whole genre that's really popular of Dota clones. Yeah, we had Dota clones. You mean MOBAs. Yeah, but yep. again, for years, we just called them Dota games. I know. And Minecraft games. Oh, those are just still Minecraft games. No, they're, <laughs> they're what are they called? Uh, Crafting. No. Uh, shoot, Sandbox exploration. <sighs> there's a word. No, it's more focused for, on There's the a building. word, and it starts with M, and it's to do with the blocky things. Okay. Virtual Legos. There you go. <laughs> Damn it. Voxel. Um, I don't. Are those voxels in Minecraft? 
All right. So, Kelly, what are you playing? Uh, more Monster Hunter stories and more Yeast 8. Mm. Nice. Uh, I will play more Divinity Original Sin 2, and that's probably it for me this week. I'm not sure. I think that I think so. That game's got so much to do. Um, and Alice has taken off already, so I think we're good. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll, again, we stream every week, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. You can catch us here on twitch.tv slash rpgamer. Please follow the Twitters, the Facebooks, what have yous, and uh, rate us and review us on iTunes. We do appreciate that. That gives us more visibility for more people to catch the show. And, yeah, um, question of the week. Send your email in. Remember, if did you care about anything at TGS? And if so, what was it? So thanks, everybody. We will see you next time. Until then, have sweet dreams about Japanese games that will or will not come over here. <laughs> That's every day of my life. <laughs> see you next time, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>